And look at this. We're on Facebook Live and we're recording for Carcon Carne. Uh, it is Carcon Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. I'm James Van Ostel. That right there is Natalie Slater from Hi. Bake and Destroy. <laughs> Hello. And uh, this week's podcast, which we're also showing part of on Facebook Live, is lovingly brought to you by Boost Mobile. Uh, I'm doing this Facebook Live on my Samsung Galaxy S8 phone, which I got from Boost Mobile and is running on the Boost Mobile network. Boostmobile.com. Uh, they're all over the place. Go visit Boost Mobile. I swear to you, I, my situation, my, my plan, I've got my whole family on this, and we spend not a lot. It's a great thing. Boost Mobile. Okay. <laughs> it's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Natalie. Yes, hello. We are doing the vegan thing tonight because you are. Yeah, find the vegan. That's me. So car, <laughs> car con carne is really car scene carne. Right. Car, car without meat. Yes. Um, <laughs> we tonight went to one of your, I, I'm going to call it a haunt, one of your favorite places. Yeah, I've localized this place for sure. Uh, so it is, the name of the place? It's, um, it's so it's, it's Kalish. Uh, a lot of people say Kalish. So I'm going to go with Kalish. Uh, this is why I asked you to say it, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. I believe Kalish, long A. So we're in Uptown. Now, I remember, I, I was telling you right before we started recording, uh, I used to live not far from here, like Lawrence and Ashland-ish. This sort of stuff didn't exist when I lived here 15, 20 years ago. Right. The transformation this neighborhood, yeah, this like Sheridan Park, Uptown area, Wilson and Clark. Yeah, for sure. Even like... 10 years ago, this was a whole different world over here. I, I wouldn't be walking across the street with you. For I'd, sure. <laughs> I'd be picking you up in front of the yeah. place. Yeah. You know what's funny is there's a guy, I won't I won't name names, but there's a guy who used to own a business over here who, when Kalish first opened, he posted on Instagram, like a there goes the neighborhood, kind of like, like anti- gentrification. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though he's a white dude that had opened a total white dude business like down the street. <laughs> But he posted that, and my friend and I were both like, you know, like, whatever. We were kind of roasting him in the comments. And then I was here one day, and he was eating here. So I side-eyed him and then gave him, like, the nod of acknowledgement. Uh, now, because we're on Facebook Live, what does your side-eye look like? It's like this. Oh, shit. Yeah, don't, yeah. you don't want this. I, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, now, we should mention, for those watching on Facebook Live... This is my second full day wearing glasses. Yes. And uh, it, it's weird. I, I've never done this before. I, I'm an adult now. My my eyesight just fell off a cliff. You realize I was wearing glasses. When I came to meet you, you were not. But you sympathetically... I put mine on to make you feel more comfortable. Right. Because it's very <laughs> weird for me to have these on. So thank you. We, we're, we're twinning Yeah, tonight. look at us. Don't All we right. look smart? As we proceed here on camera, Natalie... Yes. I want to bust open the vegan food. Yeah, let's eat. I'm All starving. Right. From From... Kalish Kalish. Yes. <laughs> uh, you got what? Now, you because this is your place, you, you know this menu up one side and down the next. Yeah, I've eaten my way through this menu. So um, I got the Clucker Crisps. This is yours. So you got... Okay, I got the... Bar- it's the barbecued pulled pork jackfruit. So it's jackfruit done like pulled pork. And you say it's... it's... Yeah, so jackfruit is... It's like the... it ingredient in the vegan world right now it's a giant 80 pound tree fruit um i have forks if you need them yep yep (laughs) 
they um it grows in thailand and people call it um sometimes people call it tree mutton there because it has such a meaty texture and this is used in indian dishes and mm -hmm. thai vietnamese yeah it's it makes awesome barbecue like as you can see mm -hmm. Oh, so this is cabbage I'm looking at? It's got to be. Yeah, so I think like they do slaw? like a slaw, like mm -hmm. some pickled cabbage. Um, uh -huh. Here you Bless are. you. Bless you. <laughs> and then I got the clucker crisps because <laughs> before I became a vegetarian and then eventually a vegan, I ate fried chicken like all the time. Like nobody's so, Yeah, like some people are pizza fanatics. Sure. Some people, like for me, it was fried chicken. I could eat it every day of the week. Right. And so they do um, these awesome, I'll show you how. So these are T10. Fried chicken-y they look. They do? Yeah, and so they, yeah, so they make it out of seitan, which is like a wheat gluten. Right. Um, but theirs is a little different because they also use chickpeas. So it has like nice. a really juicy, it's not quite as tough as seitan can be sometimes. And um, it smells great. They have the best fries too. Like this is just a total. Can I, can I steal a fry? Yeah, please. Okay. I don't want to. So this this is my place for faux fried chicken. I think I got celery. <laughs> Did you? Oh, oh, that's a bummer. Well, they have great celery too. Oh my god, <laughs> Kalish has the most amazing celery. Come for the um, cluckers and stay for the celery. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will say, Natalie. A, a chicken impresario, one of the city of Chicago's finest purveyors of fried chicken, is watching right now. Jared Leonard. The oh, man, hi, Jared. The man behind the Bud Long. <laughs> uh, he says, fried chicken and barbecue, music to my ears. <laughs> Heavy metal, music to her ears. It's true. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right, so we're going to try this on camera before we start drifting off into podcast land. I guess, here I go. Yeah. I mean, you know what yours tastes like. I'm just eating mine with my hands, too, because I'm... I got oh, nobody I got, to impress. I think, I think I got napkins, which we might need to bust out. Yeah, I listened to enough episodes of your show to know that there's always a napkin shortage. Always. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Of course. Well, I didn't need to know what I was getting into. <laughs> they gave me some ranch for mine. I'm interested to hear what you think of this. Well, first thing I tasted was the barbecue sauce. Then I got the slaw. And then I got the jackfruit. It, the tricky thing about vegetarian and vegan food is people who are used to eating meat and they see that it's supposed to be like the version of pork or a burger. Yeah. Or And it's chicken. a little bit off. And they're, they're expecting that flavor. It's done in the style of those foods, but it shouldn't taste like that food. Right. So texturally, it reminds me of pulled pork. Yeah. You know what I like about jackfruit is that it's... It's just, it's a whole food. Like, it's a real, mm -hmm. it's a fruit. They took it out, they shredded it up, and they mm -hmm. made it. So it's not, like, it, I love seitan, but it's processed, you know? And, like, right. so all the soy and everything, like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But, like, I like that it's simple, and it's just a fruit. I'll tell you what my challenge is. I, I'm having a hard time discerning where the barbecue, barbecue sauce stops and the jackfruit begins. Because it, it's Swedish. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what I'm tasting. So jackfruit's very much like tofu in that way. Mm. You could cook it like I do another version. Like barbecue's kind of the common way that people make it, but I do a version with like liquid smoke mm -hmm. um, and then throw it in with like a sweet potato hash and do more of like a breakfasty kind of bacon-y. I love a sweet potato hash. Right? Oh my God. This I'm is really you. good. 
this is really, really yummy and pretty much guilt free. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got it on a whole grain bread. Yeah. And it's not too bad. I love the crunch of the pickles. This is good stuff. I'm I'm getting into pickles finally. Like I'm almost 40. It's time for me to like start accepting pickles. Is that what happens? That's a rite of passage. I I read that. You cross that that threshold. I read that somewhere. What side is that? Is that, is that like a broccoli? Mm -hmm. This is a, like a sesame oil broccoli Mm -hmm. and sesame oil is probably the most magical ingredient on the planet. Why? It makes everything taste so good. You could put it on anything. Just deeper flavors? Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you try this. Okay. I do like broccoli with sesame oil. So. Yeah, I just... I don't know. There's something about sesame oil. It's just like... When I come home, if my feel, husband's like been just, cooking in it... I just eat half your side. You're fine. Okay. I have so many french fries. Like You do, actually. If I have french fries and broccoli, like, the french fries are getting eaten. Mm-hmm. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kalish. This place is the jam. And they gave us free desserts. Oh. <laughs> Before we walked out, they said, oh, you're doing the podcast, right? How would you like some dessert? Never say no to dessert. No. That's just yeah. fundamental rule. Yeah, um, can I, where, where are the desserts? There, you... I have them right here. Are they stashed? They're, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you'd forget. No. <laughs> Never. Okay, so you got. I got a muffin, like a. Which looks amazing. Weirdo, but. I was actually thinking of breakfast tomorrow, so, so cranberry this is, orange. And the cranberry, if you can see on camera, uh, it's just covered in sugar. Yeah. <laughs> that looks delicious. <laughs> and I'm, I am I love lemon-type pastries. I got a lemon cookie, frosted lemon cookie. It's really which, good. Uh, I'm going to make fast work of when this <laughs> meal is all over. Yes. Right, they so. have great pastries. And they have cakes from Pie Pie, my darling. So the, this shout is out the to first, Heather. Unrelated to the food, this is the first restaurant I've been to in Chicago. No joke, that is cashless. Mm. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So actually, another vegan restaurant, Upton's Break Room, they just went cashless too. So innovating on food, innovating on the checkout experience. This is where all things are going. Yeah. I mean, who? yeah, like, it makes sense. It's so much safer. And usually, I'm going to some dive where they don't actually take credit cards. Right. Usually, the dives I go to, now we're cash only. Or yeah. they'll have an ATM in the place, which charges like $5 to take the money out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. I like this. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm always... Well, I think it's cool that you're open to trying... Obviously, with this show, you couldn't... Mm-hmm. Like, if you were scared of food... I love food. This would be a bad show for you <laughs> to have. <laughs> I, I hope you don't frown on my meatness. No. Okay. I would have no friends if I Fair cared enough. what other people ate. That, that's true. <laughs> I'll tell you that I never started eating meat again once I quit. Mm-hmm. But I did have because I I was I went vegetarian when I graduated high school, so 1998, and then I went vegan pretty shortly after that because I moved to Chicago and I went to college and I just mm-hmm. I met all these like hardcore kids that they were mm-hmm. all vegans and so it was like a pretty quick transition. And then I was vegan for a really long time and then travel was tough which it's really hard i don't want to blame anybody but me for like mm-hmm. not being able to prepare but now if you travel you can throw a tweet out and just be like yo mm-hmm. toledo what's good like where do i eat and somebody will tell you or you can look at happy cow or whatever but you couldn't do that like right. 15 years ago you'd have to know someone there that are just more there options or now. like 
Yeah, so now traveling as a vegan, I do a lot for work and I can do my research up front. And there's certain cities like I'm stoked to go to. Like I love going to Atlanta and just eating all over Atlanta. And mm-hmm. like obviously like New York and LA mm-hmm. and San Francisco. Like, But sometimes I end up like I had to go to Dallas and I just I knew it was going to be like there was going to be like the two or three places and I was right. going to kind of have to figure it out if I couldn't get to one of those places. Whole Foods is good. Like if you yeah. end up somewhere with a Whole Foods. That makes sense. But that's all now. That's all totally different. Travel is what did me in previously. And so I did I did have a lapse. So that's another reason why I, I don't ever judge anyone or, mm-hmm. you know. Plus, I just think that um, it doesn't do anything for veganism to have vegans be dicks (laughs) i agree like it's not helping so i'd rather that you like you tried that like tonight you ate a vegan dinner to Mm -hmm. me like that i'm gonna celebrate that like that's a victory for me that you like you could have ate something else but you didn't you ate this and you liked it and maybe you'll come back here i i have no problem with it i mean i love food if it tastes good i'm in right I think it's funny that people right now are eating Tide Pods. Oh. And they still, and I still get shit for being a vegan. <laughs> like, I'm weird because I eat vegetables, but like, your kid is eating a Tide Pod. Right. Your, your kid's eating detergent. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I do remember, and I'm sure you get this all the time, when I was vegetarian, it was so hard for people to wrap their heads around it. Even my family, they'd be like, all right, so you're vegetarian, but you still eat fish, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I'm a vegetarian. Right. And I'm sure it's very difficult for people to just wrap their heads around it. Yeah. It's made me realize a lot, like, um, just how little people really think about food or, like, mm. understand it. Like, especially because I work in the food industry. I work right. for, a you know, a food brand, so... Like, I'm always surprised that people don't understand how food gets on the shelf at the grocery store. Right. And then, you know, further being vegan when people are like, you know, like the protein question, it's the classic question. And it's like, I'll tell them a few different things I eat and they didn't know like that broccoli had protein in it. And it's just, and it's like, that's. You know, I get it. Like, I went to, you know, like, I went to the same schools that you went to. Like, we didn't learn that broccoli had protein in it in school. But it's kind of mind-boggling, like, how little people really know about food. And and you really, when you have a a diet like this or if you're gluten-free or whatever, like, and people ask you about it, it makes you really realize, like, wow, people really don't. No, it's all reflex. don't think about it. Yeah, all reflex, no thought. Let's talk a little bit about Bacon Destroy. Okay. Okay. You are an entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess so. Did you always have that spark or was this just something you realized when you started blogging? Um, it's funny because now looking looking back, I realized I've always been, I've always had little like hustles. Mm-hmm. I've always been a marketer. I just didn't know at the time that that's what be, that was marketing, what I was doing. Like I just. Were you creating a gig for yourself when you started blogging or was it just. No, no. Um, so I, when I first moved to Chicago, my first job here was in a bakery. Mm-hmm. I worked at Letizia's Natural Bakery in Wicker Park. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm covered in like cabbage and stuff. I hope, <laughs> I, hope I hope you don't judge me. It's a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very vegan. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that was like my kind of professional introduction into baking. But I'd always baked at home with my mom, and you know, being being vegan in the like early 2000s, you kind of had to cook for yourself. There weren't yeah. a lot of options, so. I always liked cooking and baking and I'd worked in a bakery and worked in lots of restaurants. And so, um, when my son was a newborn and all I, like I was nannying. So I just was watching like a ton of Martha Stewart and sure. a ton of food And I know Network. you've told this story a million times. It's, I mean, it's okay. I don't mind. I'll give you like the quick version. Yeah. So anyway, I just started blogging because, um, I was cooking a lot then just out of like, you know, nap time and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like finding something creative to do when you're like so exhausted. Right. And, um, and so I, I just started sort of like a diary where I could let people know what I was like, how my baby was and what was going on at home. Oh, also I made these brownies and they were pretty rad. Like here's the recipe. And that's how it started. And I, I thought like maybe my mom and my sister were reading it. Of course. But then I started getting comments from people because another thing about that, the time like you just have to think about the time period because now there are like a million food blogs with yep. a million different like punk rockers and like all kind everybody's got like it's like wrestling everybody's like you know like got their little um like gimmick but mm-hmm. back then food bloggers were all very Martha Stewarty like everything was perfect and beautiful yep. and pastel and so here I was like this like tattooed young mom and my recipes had swear words in them and like those are the only kind of recipes i want to read (laughs) right because you can relate like Uh you know just like okay so you know put all the wet ingredients in the bowl and just beat the fucking shit out of them with a fork (laughs) i Um, get that but like yeah I, i just people were like started commenting and emailing me and stuff and just like in the same situation as me like I'm a mom with a bunch of tattoos and everybody at the playground thinks that I'm weird. And then I found your blog and like, we would be friends if we lived in the same city and just, that's just how it started. And then from there, like I started baking again professionally. I would do like the vegan option for a bunch of cafes. And now when did you start destroying professionally? <laughs> I've always got it. Yeah. Since the day I was born, I started <laughs> destroying. Well said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I never intended it to be anything more than like a diary. Um, and see, I think that's part of the secret. You were writing for yourself. Right. And I, I think people who go into a blog, a podcast, a, a vlog, uh, just trying to capture an audience, it's you're going at it from the wrong direction. It's just direction. not genuine. That's it. It's yeah. inauthentic. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you just, and I think another secret to success. Um, the reason why this podcast still exists is just, I never gave up. I just kept doing it. Right. And I figured eventually, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, totally. It's funny because it ebbs and flows too. So for mm-hmm. like, I always talk about like the period of time when I was like hot shit for a little bit, everything was happening for me. So I was this on, is like Cupcake Wars. Yeah, this is, yeah, I was on Cupcake Wars. I was on the cooking channel. Like, you know, I was like writing for Time Out Chicago and mm-hmm. like all, just all this stuff was happening and it was like. You know, I, I, I filmed like two or three different, I filmed like six months of a reality show around a bakery in Chicago that I didn't really work at, but for the sake of the show I worked at and like, 
That's reality TV right there. Oh yeah, that reality TV is so like we had the reason I ended up getting fired from it was because the script was really bad and I refused to say things they were trying to make me say. And they told me, like, good luck in this business, basically, and, like, showed me the door. See, there's the punk rock in you. That's <laughs> right. it right there. Well, that was, yeah, they they wanted me to say, it was two specific things I had a problem with. One was for, like, that opening sequence in every reality show where, like, the different people on the show are saying a line. And it's, right. like, always so cringy. They wanted so me cringy. to say, we're just a bunch of girls kicking ass and taking names or something like that or, like, kicking ass and making cakes or something oh my and God. I, I was like but we're just i mean we're literally in a bakery is there nothing else that we could say about it i wouldn't say that and then i wouldn't compare <laughs> like the main person in the show they wanted me to say that she was like a modern day martha stewart but she wasn't no no offense to her but she was a baker martha stewart is like a force of nature mm-hmm. she like has an empire and she can build things and she has a magazine and like I watched an episode where she literally built the front porch of her house. <laughs> She's I, I can't do Legos with my kids. <laughs> right. So sorry, I like I was like, I can't do that. What if I meet Martha Stewart someday? Right. I can't like say that. So but yeah, all this stuff was happening for me and it just but like because of that, that same that reason, like I filmed a sizzle reel for like this company that wanted to produce a, like a show where I went around to bakeries and just tried like, just like went in the kitchen, kind of like every show on TV now, like where you go to the yep. restaurant and you make the food or whatever. Right. And they just wanted me to like do a lot of like shouting and pointing at the camera and just like taking the bus to Flavortown and all that kind of stuff. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I had people, I mean, because at one point I thought maybe I'd open a bakery and a good friend of mine offered me the money to do it because he was really successful in, in professional wrestling and like... It does his name rhyme with PM Sunk? Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he offered to give me the money. He offered me a hilarious amount of money because he didn't know about how much things cost. When you've spent your life as a pro wrestler... On the road, 350 You don't days have a, year, a yeah. good grasp of like how much like paper towels cost and just stuff like that so he was he's on he he was on the road every day every day Mm -hmm. so he asked me if a million dollars was enough (laughs) and i was like uh i'm gonna put in gold toilets like that's they'll get the chain off the ground (laughs) right like that's amazing but i was so afraid of like failing Mm -hmm. and like losing his money and just failing i Luckily, I had other things in the works. Like, I was in school, and I was just doing other things. So I found something else that I loved, which was which was working in marketing and working in the food industry and, like, finding another way to channel yeah. my love of food to something else that I could do and not be so exposed. But, like, but, yeah, I do feel like, you know, I have a friend now who wants to open a bakery, and I'm I'm, like, on call for her because... I know where she's, I know what that feels like, but I know that she can do it. So I'm trying to like, I don't have a million dollars, but I have like a million words of encouragement. Yeah. That <laughs> goes a long way. Yeah. All right. So mentioning CM Punk, kind of a wrestling tangent here. We're recording this on a Monday night, more specifically the night of the big raw anniversary. <laughs> right. I want to acknowledge and appreciate the sacrifice you've made for this podcast. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, if I'm being honest, I I I haven't actually watched Raw in a while because um, I don't want to say anything that's going to 
like land me in court but I lost my taste for it we'll just put it that way like I've had enough friends work in the mm-hmm. industry that I see it differently now than when oh, I get it yeah I was like a big fan and so like no shade on anybody that's still in the industry or still loves it or whatever that's fine but like for me it's like I've seen how the sausage is made so right. I kind of don't love and this it this is coming from a vegan uh, <laughs> but yeah you know each raw episode is like 10 hours Oh my god! Now. It's like what is it? Three hours or more than that? I think it's three hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll still be on uh, when we when we're done here. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> sure, you could still catch some of it. Uh, do, do you watch the indie stuff? Do you watch like Ring of Honor? Do you? Mm. Yeah, so I've been trying to support women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So like locally, we have like Shimmer does filming, yeah. does like they shoot stuff here and um yeah, because I that's part of the reason why I I kind of fell away from it was just like learning more about like how the women are compensated compared to men and like i'd love to say i'm surprised i mean yeah yeah Yeah. so like i'm just getting to know some of those women just from like you know from phil introducing me to people and Mm -hmm. like seeing how hard they're working just as hard they're in the gym just as much of course they're putting their bodies through the same thing somebody like beth phoenix who was like in the Royal Rumble, she was the second woman ever to throw a man over the top rope in a Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And knowing that she got paid like four thousand dollars for that night, and that like mm. the same like guys that were in the same Royal Rumble as her were getting like ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand. Yeah, like, it makes your stomach hurt. Yeah, it's like why though? Like uh-huh. you know, so it's just hard to. It's hard to support knowing that kind of stuff, but there's so many like indies that are doing things differently and there's, and there's like women's leagues. And I feel mm-hmm. like with glow being such a popular show that I hope there's like a feminist wrestling fan base that like mm-hmm. continues. I know it's out there. Like I, I talked to those women, but like, I don't know. I think things can change. Maybe not in the WWE, but, <laughs> but I, I know you have been a fan. Uh, your merch is extraordinary. You have the, uh, the hot rod, Oh, my heart belongs to Hot Rod forever. I grew up. I mean, he was the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Roddy Piper was just the best. The best. The best on the mic. Just like the... bar none. Yeah. And I, I I read his first biography, not the one his kids just did, but fascinating dude. And you know, common theme: rough childhood. Right. I mean, just tough ramshackle life that led him down that path. But fascinating guy. Yeah. And yeah. Truly, just... There was no one better. I don't know. I just remember like watching him as a kid and knowing that he was a bad guy and I wasn't supposed to like him, but just like not wanting his part to be over and just wanting totally. to keep listening to him. And I like, always liked the heels. Always. Yeah. I, I never cheered the yeah. good guys. I always liked the the, Same. the, the, the dicks. I liked you know, <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, I would watch the Freebirds you know, do their thing in Texas. I loved watching Michael Hayes talk. Loved Bobby Heenan. Loved Roddy Piper. Loved yeah. all those guys. Yeah. Um, I also love Ric Flair. Love Ric Flair. Yeah, he's a great heel. Did you watch the 30 for 30? I haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting for my... So my friend Melissa owns a business here in Chicago in Logan Square, and it's called Flair. And it's in honor of Ric Flair, but also she sells Flair, like buttons and patches and pins and all that Get stuff. Get out. Okay. Yeah. So she and I just will just woo each other like all day. And so I've been waiting until like we can get our schedules together so that we can we need to watch it together it's like a bonding thing for us again common theme hard life i mean yeah glamorous in some respects but these guys and women 
they're on the road. I mean, completely detached from family, friends, and yeah. just a sense of how the world works. People don't. I mean, it's of course you. How would you? It's just like I. Um, you know, people don't know how food gets into the grocery store. Like, how would they? People don't know what that life's like, and so all you see is this glamour. But yeah. just having it be somebody that I've been friends with for twenty years, like living that life. Even now, he's been out for you know four or so years, mm-hmm. and he's still like has people waiting outside his like back door. Like, that's awful. When he takes his garbage out and. All right, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the cookbook. The cookbook okay. is a few years old. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, are there recipes you put in the book that with a couple years more of learning and playing around in the kitchen that you wish you could change? Yeah, for sure. Actually, I'm excited because uh, the first edition sold sold out and it's mm-hmm. out of it's out of print and I'm negotiating the rights back from my publisher. Great. Um, because I want to... I want to make some edits and I want to make some additions and I'm trying to figure out sort of what, uh, like what the best platform is. Like I might, I feel like people don't buy like physical books as much anymore, which is sad. I generally agree with that except for cookbooks. Cookbooks. But I find a lot of, I mean, people just, you, you can get so much for free on the internet. It's really hard to get people to like give you $14 for something that you worked for on a, like for a whole year. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to figure out like, do I break it up and do like little digital download editions or do I just like give it all away for free on my website or I don't know that part of it. I'm, I'm sure like my literary agent has opinions on whether or not it should right. be free. Um, but yeah, for sure. There's, there's definitely like, I'm not a health, I'm still not like a health vegan, but I'm a healthier vegan than I used to be. And so there's some stuff where I maybe used more sugar or more salt than mm-hmm. I would now or more oil. Um, yeah. And like, actually to this day, there's only one recipe that had a typo in it. So I'm really proud of that. Did that just drive you insane? It drives me totally Mm -hmm. insane. Like shout out to Columbia's journalism program that I can't sleep at night because (laughs) (laughs) there's one typo in my book. But, um, you know, it's funny you should say that. I feel like every time I read a book, doesn't matter who the publisher is, I catch a couple of typos or, or errant commas or things that just don't belong there yeah it's i mean it's a crazy like there's you know there's usually one editor working on it and yeah. it's like your eyes glaze over like oh, you for know sure. how that is but um yeah i had a class when i was at columbia where every i think we had we met twice a week and every class you had to bring three um edits to a publication like you'd have to bring in a newspaper and have found like three errors either like grammatical or a punctuation error or just like a, a like a stylistical yeah. area error like you know like oh this was a redundant statement mm-hmm. or whatever and um like you know when we first got the assignment we were all just like that's impossible but then every, we found ourselves getting extra credit all the time because it's just like yeah, i did that assignment in 15 minutes yeah <laughs> like i mean yeah it's it's hard it's like hard to but yeah, that's definitely something I was proud of. There's one typo in the whole book. That is amazing. Um, but yeah, there's some stuff I would, I would definitely, and there's like a few, like I dedicated a recipe in my cookbook to USA Up All Night host Rhonda Shear because she like shaped 
my childhood. That's amazing. Uh, just like watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh and my like, god. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> I remember, I, I'm a, a couple years older than you, Natalie, but I remember going to the Three Penny Cinema, which is now where Lincoln Hall is, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing that as like a cult matinee. Yeah. Love that movie. The Music Box should play that. It's a That's a great one. It is a great one. I, I watched it on cable or somewhere like last it's year. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> the costumes are so weird. The clowns are so creepy. Yeah, and that was my introduction great. to the Dickies. They did oh, the theme song. Yeah, that was my first exposure to the Dickies. That's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so sorry. So you dedicated? Yeah, so I dedicated a recipe to her. All my my recipes all sort of ramble and weave weird stuff together the way mm. that my whole life sort of does. And like, so the way this recipe came about was when I was a kid, my mom used to make this cake called Better Than Sex Cake, and it's a chocolate cake, and you poke holes in it. And you pour caramel in the holes. Yes, you do. And then, then you top it with crushed up Heath bars, and then cool I love it. He- toffee's fantastic. Yeah, uh-huh. toffee, caramel, any of that, yep. any burnt sugar substance is delicious. Amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but then when I, but then my mom wouldn't call it better than sex cake because we were like, my mom like taught Catholic school and whatever, right. so she called it better than a handshake cake. <laughs> so who doesn't love a good handshake? <laughs> right. So the way that it. It relates to Rhonda Shear is that anybody who watched Rhonda Shear knows that her outfits were very provocative yeah. and she was kind of like this sexy lady on late night TV. And so I would like sit right next to the TV to watch it with like my finger on the off button just in case my mom walked in so That's I could amazing. like turn it off or change the channel or whatever. So to me, she was as forbidden as like calling that cake what it really was. That's called. amazing. So I called it, um, I called it like the Rhonda Shear something or other. I don't remember the title. Anyway, the reason I would change it now is unfortunately because of social media, you learn too much about the people that you admire. And sometimes the people you admire are crazy uh-huh. or terrible. And so oh, I man. started following her on Twitter because I was like, oh my God, Rhonda Shear, I love her. And um, I don't want to get super political, but let's just say that we are not. It, not, not a match. Not a match politically. And I was bummed. I was so bummed. Like, I dedicate a recipe to you. And so I feel like I would probably find another muse maybe for that recipe. Hey, how about James Woods? I think he'd be right up your alley. James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's that little things like that. But um, yeah, writing a cookbook is so, f- it's like so hard. You have to. Well, yeah, it would have to be because. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of have to, you have to put down the step-by-step, and then you have to recreate it, don't you? You have to test Yeah, you have to, so technically you should test, like, uh, you should you should test a recipe yourself at least three times, if not five times. Like, just, that's kind of like the scientific method of it, because right. you make it once, and there's always going to be something that you want to change about it. Like, it's and rare. it's just you doing this. Just me, yeah. And, but then what I did was, um, once something kind of got past like my first like three or so tests I had a couple people some of my friends and some of my relatives that were willing to test things for me too and so I would pass something along once it got past me to like my mom or my cousin or like and I 
I spaced them out across the country too because I also wanted to make sure that all the ingredients that I was calling for were like easy to find and you know not too expensive and stuff like that so I had like my cousin that was in college making stuff in her dorm room so I couldn't be like use your double boiler to do this because she's like bitch I have a toaster oven (laughs) but like you know or like my mom who is makes delicious food but always forgets one ingredient like you know, I wanted like a lot of people doing different things. Yeah, because it, it has to it has to work. Yeah. across the board. All... Now, what was awesome was that my photographer Celine Steen, because she photographed almost every recipe in the book, I had like a final wave of testing. Like once all oh, those yeah. tests were done, so she even caught things like maybe I I like didn't realize when you say like a handful of something that you need to like give a measurement for that or I can see that you know or like if you say like one banana it's like okay but how many cups because bananas are different you know so like she caught a lot so it's just like a lot of that stuff up front um it's a shitload of work yeah it's a it's a lot of work like that's why now like I have more cookbooks than anything else and uh I just I treat them like you know first edition signed copies of like whatever famous novels because i know how much work went into oh that. yeah uh, one thing i did as you were talking uh as mentioned it's my first go around with glasses one thing i learned wearing headphones on top of glasses oh, incredibly painful yeah, as the night goes crushes on your head oh my god <laughs> I'm dense uh, by my ears tomorrow <laughs> oh my god so knowing how busy you are natalie just you've got so much going on how much time do you have to to fool around and try stuff in the kitchen to to play with new recipes or um i mean my weekends are pretty usually pretty open like i've been wanting to i think i haven't written new recipes for my site in a long time but i, I notice you share a lot of other recipes yeah i share a lot of other you, yeah um yeah like i'll do i'll like promote other cookbooks that my mm-hmm. friends wrote and stuff like that but um but i actually do cook a lot and i like i'll post what i made what I found, though, is like we were saying it's hard to get people to listen to a podcast or it's hard to get somebody to read a blog post. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get somebody to like get off Instagram and go read a blog. Yep. And so some like a lot of my recipes end up in an Instagram story or mm-hmm. in the caption of a photo because I just know like most people aren't going go to. Go where the audience is. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's some stuff that like. It's, I have like a backlog of things that I need to vlog. It's so funny you said that about the, the Instagram. I realized, you know, same thing, you know, trying to get people to listen to a podcast to subscribe. It's tough. And one of the things I learned um, now with my podcast, I automatically publish to YouTube, even though it's just a flat image on YouTube with the audio file, suddenly I'm getting more listening on YouTube than I was to the podcast because people are already looking at videos. Yeah, it's, totally. It's crazy. Oh my God. YouTube's the weirdest. Does your daughter just watch youtube constantly no 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 she's i think that you're you lucked out no she's stuck i I gotta (laughs) tell you i I would almost prefer her watching youtube she is stuck on netflix watching this canadian family drama called heartland about a bunch of like like an equestrian family and it's life on the farm and she's now through like her second time binging it oh that's kind of great though it's it's adorable but (laughs) i'd almost rather she watch like wacky memes or something yeah, like my son and all his friends and like my nieces and just all my friends' kids, all they do is watch YouTube and it's like, it's not even, it's the weirdest content. It'll be like somebody else playing with a toy or like oh yeah, unboxing videos. The unboxing, yes. It's so weird. Uh-huh. I, it's just, 
I feel like such a mom, you know, just oh, yeah. walking in and being like, I don't understand it. Why is this cool? The, the <laughs> unboxing. Let's see these awesome things that someone else gets. That you don't have. Right. <laughs> Lucky them. I know. It's so weird. All it's right. really weird. So BaconDestroy.com is you. Yes. And uh, we can keep up to date with you there, of course, on Instagram. In fact, you're already on Instagram as you're listening. Go. Yeah, uh, you're go probably f- on Instagram right now. So uh, You are so much fun. And uh, the cookbook, hopefully you'll, it'll be back in your hands and you can manipulate it and... Yes. For now, I mean, you can get it used, you know, yep. on Amazon yep, or wherever. It's there. So you can still get it. Uh, I, I love what you do. I, I mean, you've really made this lifestyle, this food choice, this choice accessible, fun. Thank you. And you've demystified a lot of it for the general awesome. public. That's what I'm going for. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so thank you for doing the podcast. Did you have fun? I did have fun. Thank you. you swear? I swear. Okay. I would tell you. Hey, yeah, actually, <laughs> I have no doubt of that. All right. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks.